What is going on, Laker fans? Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. We will go till 8 o'clock tonight, one hour of Lakers basketball, coming off the in-season tournament championship on Saturday. We got a lot to get into. Lakers playing some good ball. They're 14-9 and on the season. Can't include the one uh, from the in-season tournament championship game. I'm still trying to figure out why. Uh, Anthony Davis drops 41-20. and Can't use that towards his regular season stats. Still trying to figure out why. Uh, but nonetheless, um, Lakers have been certainly playing some good basketball, especially now that they've got healthy. Uh, Want to talk about some of the chatter around LeBron and AD in that in-season tournament. Uh, LeBron wins the most valuable player, and there was a lot of people also saying, well, what about Anthony Davis? That's a good sign right there. Um, give my thoughts on the in-season tournament. D'Angelo Russell took some things personal versus Bruce Brown. We'll spend some time on that, and then we'll look ahead to the schedule that the Lakers got coming up. Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation is going to join us in about half hour. Let's get started right off the uh, right out the gate here with the in-season tournament championship. That was fun. I don't know how every you know Laker fan felt out there about the actual tournament, um, about the actual rules and and what some of the stipulations were and the structure of it and everything else. But I don't think many people are walking away and saying, well, that sucked. I really don't. I think there's a lot of NBA fans and a lot of Laker fans that are sitting back and saying, okay, hey, you know what? I, I didn't know really what was going on, and I didn't really know what this thing meant. Um, and, and maybe it's because this was the first time we've ever seen it. Okay, you could sell me on that. If somebody told me today, look, the only reason why this was so successful is because it's the first time they've ever done it. All right, we'll find out next year if it's still successful. You can make the case that, well, it was only successful because the Lakers were in the finals. You might be right. I have absolutely no idea. But I thought that was a fun couple of weeks of basketball, and it was fun because the Lakers were playing good basketball. That, I think, is the 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 gauge for anyone who's into their team. It's that the Lakers had an impressive run. I didn't think it was just winning the tournament that was a big deal. Um, I think just as a whole, we're starting to see, okay, wait a minute. I think I have an idea what this Lakers team can be. Okay, wait. So Vando back in the lineup, this dude's just going to go grab rebounds, play defense, and at least it seemed like so far he's still on some type of a minutes restriction. Okay, Cam Reddish was a player that I don't know how much people thought he was going to impact the season for the Lakers. Oh, well, he's impacting the season for the Lakers. Every time he, I, I feel like he's in a game, it looks like he's doing good things. He's finding ways to be positive. Since the Lakers got all these players back, and this isn't a coincidence. I know I keep saying this, but it's not. Ever since the Lakers got all their players back, they haven't lost a game. They got everybody back starting against the Houston Rockets. Um, what was that? About a week and a half ago. Since they started basically in, in a position here where on a night-in, night-out basis, we know who's coming in, we know who's coming out, we have a better idea of how the depth is, what the rotation is. Lakers have given up in their last four games, 97 against the Rockets, 103 against the Suns, 89 to the Pelicans, and then 109 to the Indiana Pacers, who, by the way, is the highest scoring offense in the NBA, and we're dropping 140s, 130s, and 120s against Miami, Boston, and Milwaukee. So the Lakers, 
as they've got healthy, yes, the in-season tournament was cool, but I think every Laker fan out there is looking more at, well, what's the basketball look like? How do the Lakers look from when they started the season to where they sit right now? It's safe to say they look a lot better. I think it's safe to say whatever that vision that that front office had, it's coming to fruition. It's certainly coming to fruition. Um, to go back to that in-season championship, the, the the tournament game on Saturday, that's actually kind of a fun back-and-forth battle. And, you know, initially coming into that game, it's like the Pacers. Well, what, are, what are the Pacers going to do? Are the Pacers any good? Pacers hung around. <laughs> i got to give the Pacers some credit. There are a lot of times I thought the Lakers were just going to pull away in that game. And then as the game progressed, uh, the, the Pacers would take, they're down 10, and then they're down 6. They're down 8, and then they're down 4. So they hung around. Give them some credit. But I never really thought it was a threat that the Lakers were going to lose that game. Whenever they needed big shots or big opportunities or big stops, they, they, they seemed to have cashed in on them. Um, and it was just a, a fun, impressive uh, win for the Lakers. And, uh, again, just uh, it, it's completely new. It's different. But since the Lakers have got healthy, I'm paying less attention to the in-season tournament. I'm paying more attention. The Lakers look like they're just playing good basketball. Um, the last three games that the Lakers played, they did a great job on KD and Book when they had the Phoenix Suns. They blew out the Pelicans by 40-plus. They turned Tyrese Halliburton, which was the talk of the tournament, into just a regular player. Tyrese, I remember coming into the game, Michael and I were doing the pregame show on Saturday, and he was 28-12, and 12, something like that. In his last two games, he had 30 assists with zero turnovers. 30 assists with zero turnovers, either 28 or 30. But the man didn't have a turnover. In those uh, in those two games, and that was against Boston and Milwaukee. Lakers forced three turnovers on him. That, that's that's the one thing I think the Lakers, where they're going to excel most at, they make players who part of their game is being comfortable, kind of being able to dictate what they do. They make them uncomfortable. That's a sign of a really good team. That's a sign of a team that has depth, and the Lakers clearly have guys that uh, that understand their roles and. Um, I don't think anybody's complaining about that. It was cool to see, too, LeBron ended up winning the in-season MVP. All good. No problem there. Um, LeBron's stats for the entire in-season tournament, 26 points, 8 rebounds, 7.5 assists, and shot just under 57% from the field. It is kind of funny to, to... to call out those numbers because these are literally the numbers that Braun has, Braun has played with his entire career, right? Maybe a little bit more from a points perspective, but he's always been around this where he's grabbing, he's facilitating, he's grabbing rebounds, and he's scoring. No different in the in-season tournament right before he turns 39 years old. Um, the first ever all-tournament team had LeBron in there, Giannis, Anthony Davis, KD, and Tyrese Halliburton. So two of the top five players were LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I thought at least just the chatter, because I thought there was some chatter to this, and it's exactly what you want to see. I thought the chatter around, hey, LeBron should win MVP. What about Anthony Davis? I thought just people trying to make a case. Hey, AD just dropped 41-20 and 20 and had four blocks in the championship game. Are we sure we don't want to give him the MVP? Or Anthony Davis 
has completely dominated on the defensive side in every one of these games. When I'm when I'm pointing out all those stats and all those numbers about how the Lakers are doing defensively, basically what I'm saying is the anchor of your defense is Anthony Davis, and he's a critical, critical piece of why the Lakers are winning this, these games. And I, I don't care whether you want to make a case for LeBron, you want to make a case for Anthony Davis. I think it's fair to lean more towards LeBron, even though I'd like to see Anthony Davis be more considered for awards like this because I think it's more beneficial to the Lakers that he's the one getting them. The point that I'm trying to make is they were both legit, legit contenders for that conversation. That's what you want, right? When you're thinking LeBron James, or I'm sorry, when you're thinking Anthony Davis, all you're trying to figure out with AD, hey, AD, can it be done on a consistent basis? Do you have the ability to make sure that from a Laker perspective, they uh, th- this team can depend on you night in, night out, not just on the defensive side, but consistency on the offensive side. Um, I thought it was cool that it-, it was a fair conversation to have. I know I was interacting with a lot of Laker fans over the last, um, yeah, after every game, but certainly on Saturday, and interacting them with on on social and. There were definitely some out there saying, hey, you know, I don't know. Is it just LeBron James or can we make a case for Anthony Davis as well? And that means both of those players are playing great basketball. And what does that remind you of? That reminds you of back in 2020 when the Lakers ran the table in the tournament in Orlando. LeBron and Anthony Davis were 1-2. And one night it was AD dominating. Another night it was LeBron dominating. It was both guys dominating. So I think that's just as important as anything else is that those two players are able to do it on a uh, on a consistent basis, and that was pretty much the in season tournament for the Lakers. I, I did think that that part had a had a lot to do with it. So my initial thoughts too on the in season tournament, I I think the things that the question now that the dust has settled a little bit. So what should change? What should change in this in-season tournament? And, and by the way, whether it's this as a topic or any of the stuff that I hit on eight seven 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 ten ESPN, if anybody wants to uh, call in and be a part of the show, what should change as far as the in-season tournament goes? I've heard everybody talk about well, they should somebody should be guaranteed a playoff berth. If you end up winning this thing, you should be guaranteed a playoff berth if you win the whole thing. Um, and if you lose, you should be in the playing tournament at worst. Okay, so the stakes, we want to see it be a little bit higher. I saw Adam Silver making the argument that he didn't like this. He wasn't crazy about the tournament in Vegas. And why not reward these teams that make it this far a home game if you have the better record, right? So the Lakers technically could have hosted this in-season tournament championship, and um, that could have been in L.A., um, or the Pacers could, or I think, I think Milwaukee actually would have had a home game against uh, the Pacers. So those are a couple things I've seen get thrown out there. I'm not telling you it's perfect. Um, I'm sure there are going to be changes that need to come with the in-season tournament. Uh, I, I, somebody has told me, okay, well, you know, maybe if you pay the players more money, that one really doesn't do anything for me. I don't really understand what, what why a fan should care if the players are getting more money. That one, again, just doesn't kind of resonate to me. But I'm open to making the stakes higher. I'm open to rewarding the team that wins the whole thing, uh, some real skin in the game, 
I'm open to things like that. I think things like that make more sense, and I think things like that are areas that the NBA should look at and, and hopefully make some changes as we go on. Uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN is brought to you by Valvoline. Rush into your neighborhood Valvoline and let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. Um, we're going to do a couple things here when we come back. When we come back, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about a couple players that in that championship game, there was some emotion that I really haven't seen from both of these guys in a while. One of them's Anthony Davis. The other one's D'Angelo Russell. I felt like for some reason those players were taking things personal, especially D'Lo going after Bruce Brown, and I think that could pay dividends down the road. The other thing I want to talk about is as everybody now is starting to figure out their role with the Lakers, there's one player that can be a complete game changer, and I'll tell you who that is coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Um, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation is going to join us in about, about 12 minutes or so. So the Lakers got a game coming up. They got two games coming up this week against the San Antonio Spurs. Got Dallas tomorrow, who, by the way, is going to be playing a second of a back-to-back. Uh, they just won. They're actually up to 14-8 and eight on their schedule, but no Kyrie. Look at the San Antonio Spurs. They just lost their 17th game in a row. They're 3-19. and 19. The San Antonio Spurs, with Victor Wembanyama. Greg Popovich, I know that's not enough to go win you an NBA championship. They've lost 17 games in a row, and Lakers got them twice this week. You also got a Dallas team coming tomorrow without Kyrie, second of a back-to-back. They were missing a bunch of players today, Tim Hardaway Jr., Grant Williams, so I'm I'm not sure who's going to play, who's not going to play. But does that not sound like an incredible advantage for the Lakers this week? I'll get into the rest of their schedule a little bit later, but... That's crazy. San Antonio Spurs 17 in a row. By the way, the Pistons are saying, well, you accomplishing that will one-up you. They've lost 20 in a row. Detroit's 2-21. and 2-21. and 21. They started out the season 2-1, and one, and now they've lost 20 games in a row. How the hell does that happen? Uh, okay, uh, a couple things I mentioned as we were coming out. I saw some emotion from 
couple players that I don't always see emotion from on Saturday. And John, actually, John Island, just doing that call right there, coming in from the break, I thought that was just a perfect description of talking about Anthony Davis. Such a perfect description of, you know, I think we all watch the game and we listen to the game on 710 and he's looking into the crowd. He had kind of a look on his face when he'd get a block shot. It's like, no, not tonight, not here. He had a he had a look that we don't always get to see, but damn when it's there, um, you get excited about it. It, it. it gets you excited about, oh, yeah, there's Anthony Davis. Oh, man, this man's about to take it to another level. Whatever it is, however you want to describe it, uh, it, it's fun to see Anthony Davis when he's in that mode. The other player was D'Angelo Russell. And I found the D'Angelo Russell piece most interesting. So D'Lo looked like he had something personal against Bruce Brown. Now, if you guys remember, and actually coming into this game, got to be honest with you, I forgot Bruce Brown signed in the offseason with the Indiana Pacers. He was a really, really important piece for the Denver Nuggets in this past uh, playoff run where they end up winning an NBA championship. He was a great player off the bench for them. But if you guys remember that playoff run, Bruce Brown was running his mouth. And Bruce Brown was saying some stuff to D'Angelo Russell. Um, and a lot of it, look, to be honest with you, if you're winning and you're backing it up, what do you? What am I supposed to say? Well, he shouldn't say anything. Well, well you go shut him up then. Bruce Brown would come off the bench, and he talked about after some, after one of the games, he talked about how the goal was to get D'Angelo Russell out of the game, that they thought that was a key piece to get him out of the game. You know what happened in the NBA in the Western Conference Finals? They got him out of the game, and Bruce Brown had a lot to do with that. And they kept going at D'Angelo Russell because they didn't feel like his defense was good enough to keep him on the court. He wasn't shooting good enough from three to keep himself on the court. So fast forward now. X amount of months have gone by. We're, let's call it, 25 games into the season, something along those lines as we get close here. Here's what D'Angelo Russell said um, after the win on Saturday. He said he was talking-ish all year. Yeah, talking all year. For me, it was just showing it with my play. I don't have nothing to say to him. I'm a fan of him, to be honest. This was just all on the court. Got something to say? Show me on the court. Nikola Jokic ain't there next to you today. It's different. I don't know why that resonated with me so much, but I loved hearing D'Angelo Russell run his mouth on the floor on Saturday and then also in front of the reporters on Saturday night. It it, it added an element to, wait a minute, is D'Lo taking this personal? Yeah, 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 let's get more of that. Can we get D'Angelo Russell taking things personal more often? I think that's beneficial to the Lakers. Now, maybe, look, this could just be one game where D'Lo remembers closely that Bruce Brown was somebody who was running his mouth when he was with the Denver Nuggets. Maybe. Maybe that's all it was. It was as simple as that. And and matchups that he has moving forward, it's not going to be as personal. It's not going to be as, well, I'm ready for this one tonight. Well, we'll have to wait and see. But that version of D'Angelo Russell, I think, is a version of D'Angelo Russell that the Lakers um, – couldn't really, really use. And it was the combination of, wait a minute, so you got D'Lo chirping on one side, you got Anthony Davis looking into the crowd and pumping his chest and everything else. I'm like, yeah, that that's that's a great little combination there to go with everything else that the Lakers have. 
it was uh, just a good week of Lakers basketball, and those were a couple things that I thought uh, really stood out to me. Okay, Lakers talk on 710 ESPN here is brought to you by Valvoline. Rush into your neighborhood Valvoline and let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChains.com for locations and game-winning coupons. You know, there was a promo there I actually really liked hearing um, where Darvin Ham was talking about how, look, this thing's here to stay. It's the first one. Why not go get the first one? There was a lot of that for the Lakers, right? There was a lot of... I felt like there was a lot of, um, well, we might as well go get the first one. I mean, we see we saw how the Lakers were playing over the course of each of these tournament games. And what the added motivation was, okay, maybe it is to get that, that first in-season championship. I know they're going to eventually find a way. All right, where are they going to put it? Um, I saw something a little bit earlier today that the Lakers are going to do something to honor LeBron and AD all first team and an and unveil an in-season tournament banner. Um, I'm going to read this because this was one of the press releases that were out there. And then Mike Trudell was also commenting on this. Appears that the banner will be differentiated in color, shape from existing NBA title banners and space left open if the Lakers win future in-season tournaments to add to the same banner. Okay, so the Lakers are clearly going to do something. And uh, they're definitely going to honor LeBron and Anthony Davis, too. So it's the closest thing they can do to making this thing uh, special, if you want to call it that. And the Lakers will do it, I'm just assuming, at some point when they come back home. They got a home game against New York. They got a home game against Boston, a home game against Charlotte. That might be the only three home games they have in the rest of the month of December. So most of their uh, stops are going to be out on the road. Okay, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. He's coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Lakers got the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow. Sounds like Luka had to play 44 minutes tonight. Lakers get him in a second of a back-to-back. Very winnable game in Dallas. Uh, and, and the Mavs actually off to a pretty good start here. They're at 14-8 and eight on the season. I want to welcome in Trevor Lane. Um, does a fantastic job covering the Lakers for Lakers Nation. Trev, thanks for coming on, brother. How are you? Doing well, Alan. Thanks so much for, for having me. How are you doing? I, I'm good. You know, I, I think it's it's been an interesting interesting couple of weeks right this is the first time that we've got a chance to watch this in-season tournament everybody was figuring it out and um i think ultimately most people i feel like had positive things to say about the tournament well just what were your overall thoughts i if the lakers weren't in it would you still be as interested uh, what are some of the things you liked what are some of the things that you'd like to see changed well, I think the Lakers certainly, you know, they drew a lot of my interest, but I still would have been watching it regardless because this was the, the key to the whole thing, Alan. It's do the players care? Do they want to be out there 
playing in this tournament? And the answer is a resounding yes. We got playoff caliber basketball in November and December, which is a huge, huge win for the NBA. So getting that level of intensity from the players across, not just the Lakers, but but pretty much every team that we saw compete in the in-season tournament, they took it seriously, and that created a very fun and very exciting environment. That doesn't mean there aren't going to be tweaks. Um, I think that the, the loudness of the courts could, could certainly be toned down a bit. That's something to look at. Maybe the point differential scoring, that's something else they could look at before uh, before next season. But I think the in-season tournament is here to stay. Again, the biggest hurdle was getting the players to care about the tournament, don't use these games for load management or anything like that. Right. Mission accomplished as far as that, that goes, because if the players are going to play with that intensity, the fans, they're going to jump on board with them. Should there be more at stake? Uh, Lakers win, they should be guaranteed a playoff spot or a playing tournament or something along those lines? Yeah, I think there could be something a little bit more. Like It felt a little bit, it wasn't anticlimactic, but a little weird that the final didn't count towards the regular season, so it didn't help the Lakers. You. So that that felt a little bit bit odd. I don't know if you go as far as to make it as powerful as a playoff spot, because if it's a guaranteed playoff spot, doesn't that then incentivize the winning team to take their foot off the gas for the rest of the season, which also isn't what the NBA wants. But but I, I agree. I think there should be a little bit more on the line. I don't know exactly what that is, but there should be a little bit more. And the final should, they should figure out a way to make that one count as well. So people can't just say, well, it didn't even count as a regular season game. Yeah, part of me thought going on ESPN.com if that game was just completely wiped clean, like uh, off of the archives, you know? I thought yeah. the whole 41 and 20 from Anthony Day, we can't let that game count towards his regular season uh, stats there. It didn't seem right, Trevor Lane. Didn't seem right. Um, I, so it's kind of funny. The, the MVP, and I, I know you're very active with a lot of people on social and a lot of Laker fans. LeBron obviously won MVP. Did anyone make the argument, hey, what about Anthony Davis? And I'm not even trying to say you got to pin these two against each other, but it just kind of shows how great Anthony Davis was playing as well and how dominant he was on the defensive side. Um, it, it's more just a compliment towards AD. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis was amazing in that final game, but I think the question comes down to is it the MVP of the final game? Or is it the MVP of the tournament? tournament. And if it's the yeah. MVP of the tournament, then it's, then it's LeBron, right? I mean, we saw LeBron do incredible things. He put up 30 points in 23 minutes, like insane efficiency, uh, the game before against, uh, against the Pelicans. So uh, LeBron, I think, was the more consistent, the, the top-tier performer. But AD, wow, he took his game to another level in that one. And that was a great reminder of just how dominant Anthony Davis really can be. He's great defensively on a night-to-night basis. But, boy, when he has some opportunities in the paint, and the Lakers were so determined to punish the Pacers inside. I mean, they didn't even hit a three, but what was that, like the end of the third quarter? They did an incredible job just dominating in the paint. Anthony Davis, of course, was a huge part of that. So he put on an all-time performance, one of his best performances ever. And like you said, it's a shame that's that's not going to count towards his uh, towards his actual stats or anything like that for the regular season. Well, Trey, I think that's a good point, um, how the Lakers – they struggled in that final game from the three-point line, and they still were up, it felt like, six to ten points throughout the game. And that just shows that if you got a squad, like you said, attacking the basket, doing a lot of their work in the middle um, or around the paint, but also they play defense. Um, or Yeah, it was Indiana that had – they played Miami, 
Boston and Milwaukee in their last three games, they won all three of them. They were putting up 140s, 130s, high 120s, and Lakers gave up 109. That defense always, it seems like, if you got a squad that knows how to play defense, is going to keep you in the game. And really just kind of looking at the Lakers, I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think too many people believe it is. Since they've got healthy, it's as good as we've seen the Lakers play defense so far this year. Absolutely. I mean, it just the, the Pacers, they put up 128 against uh, Milwaukee. It's not a bad team. Put up 128 against Milwaukee, and the Pacers shot terribly from three on that night. They go and they play the Lakers, and the Lakers defense just locks them down. I mean, this Lakers defense, you know, you can put the Wolves up there, but the Lakers may have the best defense in the NBA when they've got everybody healthy. Again, the Wolves may argue with that. They've been fantastic. There's no question. But this Lakers defense, this is exactly what I was hoping to see, Alan, when they signed this army of wings yeah. over the summer. You've got Torian Prince. You've got Cam Reddish. You already have Rui Hachimura. You've got Jared Vanderbilt, LeBron. Anthony Davis can play out on the wing. You've got all these long-limbed guys that you can throw out there that are super switchy, that can defend at a high level. Cam Reddish has been a better defensive player than I think any of us expect him to be. And this Lakers defense, man, it is, it's a force to be reckoned with. I don't know that they can operate quite at this level on a night-to-night basis for the remainder of the season, but knowing that they've got this in them, it gives me a lot more confidence about the postseason when we get there in, in April, May, and June. Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation uh, joining me here on Lakers Talk. Let, let's, as we kind of turn the page to what the Lakers have been so far this year. They had a big part of the season through the first 20 games. I think they were 11-9, and nine, some inconsistency in their play. Um, but since they got healthy and they got some of their guys back, they do look like a different team. Over the course of the next 20, 25 games, if the Lakers can stay healthy, what kind of team should this be on a night-in, night-out basis? And uh, as you start looking at the standings, and I know it's super early, and I know there's going to be teams that are all crammed together, but how can the Lakers kind of stay in that top four mix? What, what do you think we should be expecting here over the next month, month and a half or so? Well, I think really we should be expecting a few things. It's, it's, the, the defense should continue to be good, maybe not ramped up to the level that we saw in the tournament, but it should be good. However, I do think LeBron needs to take his foot off the gas a little bit. If he's going to be healthy come playoff time, he can't be playing the way that he is right now and so that means we need to see some of the other guys step up and this was part of the the roster construction guys like Rui Hachimura were going to provide some more scoring and try to help out take some of that burden off of LeBron so I want to see some of the burden shift off of LeBron into on onto some of the other guys because having LeBron at this level come postseason that's the important part for the Lakers so I am expecting a bit of a step back in terms of the energy and everything like that that we're going to see compared to what we saw in the tournament but I think that there were questions about this Lakers team. Could they hit that next level? Could they be um, a, a team that could beat some of the best in the NBA? And while we didn't see them healthy, those questions persisted. They weren't beating good teams. Now in this, this tournament, they proved that, yes, they can hit that level and they can be that team. So now it's just a matter of making sure that night in, night out, they're a tough defensive team. They're giving everybody a fight. You're going to occasionally get those great games from LeBron. And just keep yourselves right in that mix so that come playoff time, you can push down on the turbo button again and get yourself back up to the level that you're at here in the tournament. Um, that's what I'm looking to see here, Alan. Not for them to take off and play every single game like it was a tournament game. I want to see them conserve some energy for the postseason and then be able to ramp it back up when it's the right time. 
we got it kind of got lost. Maybe it didn't get lost, but in that final game, um, LeBron was winning the in-season tournament uh, MVP. Anthony Davis was 41-20, and 5 some just ridiculous stat line. Austin Reeves had 28 off the bench. And I, I thought watching him in that game and really looking at him in his last five games with the Lakers, 19 points a game. And I feel like as each one of these players are able to now start focusing on Cam Reddish, you know what his job is when he gets on the floor. Torian Prince has a specific role. Jared Vanderbilt has a role. Rui has a role. D'Lo and LeBron will facilitate plus do everything else that they bring to the table. I feel like Reeves' role is come off the bench and go to work. They need that offensive punch. The the spacing on the floor for him to go make things happen, the ability or the confidence that LeBron and Anthony Davis and Darvin Ham say, Reeves, go to work. Have you noticed, not just in that final game where he had 28 points, but have you noticed his game kind of come to another level here over the last couple of weeks and specifically highlighted by his opportunities off the bench? Yeah, absolutely. I think that Austin is is starting to get back into a rhythm. He started off the season slow. Maybe that was, you know, his legs didn't have his legs under him after playing for Team USA over the summer. But I think what we're seeing here is Austin is number one. He's he's starting to hit a higher percentage percentage of his shots, so that's certainly important. But we're also seeing him get into the paint a lot more and do a lot more of his work there. We saw him last season. He was so crafty using the pump fake so well to get defenders off their feet, get his way to the free throw line. He started to do that a lot more lately with the, this new Lakers look. You've got more players back. You've got more guys who are uh, a threat out there, and Austin can play off of those guys. He's a player that is at his best when he's playing alongside really good players, and the defense isn't just solely focused on him. So I do think that Austin is, is rounding into form, which is important because, frankly, if you're the Lakers, you need, you need a good performance night in, night out from one of Austin Reeves or D'Angelo Russell. If you get them both, then that, that's great. But you need at least one of them to have it going, to have that guard in there to close out the game. And Austin has become uh, the more consistent of the two over the last week or two. D'Lo has had a, had a fantastic season in his own right, there's no question. But Austin's really starting to pick it up, which is great to see. It's, it's going to be necessary for the Lakers to have him scoring again, especially if LeBron is going to be able to kind of ramp down a little bit to – uh, pull things back a little bit. Uh, Austin's scoring is going to be absolutely crucial for this team. This team's offensive efficiency hasn't been great, but Austin can help a lot in that area if his three-point percentage keeps coming up and he keeps getting trips to the free-throw line. So good stuff uh, over the last couple of weeks from Austin. Well, Trev, it seems like it, it seems like it's a more the, – the roles are all becoming more and more defined, and it's these guys are getting a chance to play to their strengths. I don't think D'Lo always wants to be an offensive, I want to go out and get buckets. I think he's actually more of a facilitator. Reeves, I think, is more of a, hey, I can go get us buckets. Um, I think those two can kind of complement each other with what they each offer. And that doesn't mean that there isn't going to be a night where D'Lo has 25, and it doesn't mean that Reeves isn't going to have a night where he has eight or nine assists. But I think that the more now that these guys get to just play to their strengths is being highlighted a little bit more, and I think that's uh, that's obviously a very positive thing. Um, D'Angelo last uh, Saturday, I spent a little time on this. I thought I thought it was interesting. Some of the quotes that came, um, that leaked audio of D'Angelo Russell on the floor uh, with Bruce Brown 
and those two kind of going back and forth at each other. I, I, I love the the intensity and the it, it felt like D'Angelo Russell was taking that matchup personal. What did you make of some of that back and forth, and, and how do you think that could be advantageous to the Lakers? No, I agree. I, I loved it. I loved it. I thought that there have been moments this season where this team needed to show fire, where they needed to show, you know, coming off of a bad loss, they needed to show that it bothered them. They needed to show that they were upset, that they were angry to have some emotion behind their game. And, uh, and so it was great to see that from D'Angelo Russell, to see him fired up, determined to prove something. We saw that kind of attitude from the entire team, that they were determined to go out there and get something done and become the first ever in-season tournament champions. So I thought that was absolutely fantastic. I have no problems with it all. Look, if if what the uh, if what the Nuggets did to D'Angelo Russell and to this Lakers team last year in the Western Conference Finals didn't matter to these guys, that would be a problem. The fact that this is still something bother is still something that's bothering D'Angelo Russell. I think that's number one, totally appropriate, and it's something that should be happening. He should be using that for motivation. That should bother him what happened last year, and that should be driving him to be even better this year and driving the entire team. So I loved it. I, I applauded it. I think I thought it was fantastic. I don't think guys need to be all buddy-buddy all the time, and if that's something that's going to cause D'Lo to step it up, then, then let's go. Uh, bring on even more of that. Yeah, I, I, I like it, and I, I'll take the personal part of it anytime. I felt like um, that could be uh, – you know, that's a, a side of D'Angelo Russell that we don't always get to see, so I, I think that part is great. Um, three games this week for the Lakers. They got the Dallas Mavericks coming up tomorrow, and then they got two games against the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs just lost their 17th game in a row. Am I asking for too much? I mean, listen, I I know just take it one game at a time, but it's a good chance Lakers can put themselves in a position here to win all three games. Kyrie's not going to be playing in the game tomorrow. I I I like the way things are setting up for the uh, for the Lake Show this week, Trev. Yeah, Mavs are coming off the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, the Spurs, obviously, not a good basketball team. The Lakers get them on the second night of back-to-back for L.A., though. Um, you know, the only th- the thing that I'm going to be really keeping an eye on, though, is what's the, what is the letdown like after the tournament? Like, the, you know, you know there's Fair. going to be that. That's going to be there. So I do wonder what this Lakers team will look like. You know they're not going to play at the same level, the same intensity as they did during the tournament. So is there a big drop-off? After that, I think that's kind of the unknown. But yeah, when you look at these matchups, there's the possibility here for the, for this team to go three and zero. Hopefully, they are uh, they got the positive reinforcement of the like you said, everybody fitting into their role now, and, and that is going to leave them with a good feeling moving into this week. They're going to be coming into it aggressive. They're going to come into it with confidence, and that could lead them to a, a three and zero week with again that factor that's unknown out there. How big of a letdown do we see? How much energy do we see you know, evaporate from this team now that it's not the tournament anymore? That's going to be something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think there's the opportunity here for them to go 3-0, and which would propel them up the standings and would make them uh, I mean, one of the best in the Western Conference. Trev, it's good observation. You're right, they, what they just did, and there were things at stake, and it was all new. Do we go back to what the Lakers are doing? I, I, don't, I, I think because of their health, too, they're just going to be better overall. Um, yeah. Greatly appreciate you uh, having on the show, Trev. Uh, thank you for uh, your insight, as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Alan. Thank you for having me.
All right, that is Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. When we come back, we got some uh, final thoughts. I do want to talk about the rest of the week. And I, I want to hit a little bit more on that Austin Reeves theory that I have about why he's shining off the bench. We'll do all that coming off the we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. I right, thank you to uh, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation. Always appreciative of his time. Lakers, I mentioned, got the Dallas Mavericks coming up tomorrow. So we got an update on Gabe Vincent, which isn't much of an update, um, but I'll do my best here. So it's been really a great couple of weeks for the Lakers. You had Jared Vanderbilt come back, Rui Hachimura, Cam Reddish missed some time. Uh, Jackson Hayes was only out for a brief moment. And the other name that we're all waiting for is Gabe Vincent. So he played the first four games of the regular season, had left knee effusion, um, so he's been out since then. And I'm going to read what Lakers head coach Darvin Ham said about um, this was before Saturday's in-season tournament game. He says, really, there's really no timeline. We're just going day by day with him. He's stacking days, and that's about where it's at. Um, I, I did. I know Dan Wykey of the LA Times had posted something about Gabe Vincent going through a pregame workout. And, you know, getting some shots up and everything else. So that's good to see, right? That's that's uh, one step in the right direction. Um, and I think right now Lakers, they have the ability, they have enough players to shine with what they have. But certainly you want to eventually get Gabe Vincent uh, back in that lineup. Um, schedule coming up this week, I did mention just kind of uh, briefly here. But the schedule for the Lakers – so you're at Dallas, you're at San Antonio, you're at San Antonio. That's your next three games. You go Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Friday. So they'll have Saturday and Sunday off, which is rare for the Lakers to have both of those days off. Um, interesting what Trevor Lane was talking about in regards to, well, okay, what happens now? Is there a letdown? I, I didn't really think about that. And to be honest with you, that's a very Laker thing. All of a sudden we start getting excited and the Lakers – have a little, okay, well, it's not the in-season tournament anymore. Hopefully that's not the case, um, but they do have a chance and an opportunity here to really do some damage in the NBA standings as well. I think that's the thing that I always look at too is can they find a way to stay top four in the Western Conference? Right now they're sitting fifth, 14-9, and nine, Dallas in front of them, Denver in front of them as well. Um, so certainly you go do some damage this week, you'll put yourself in that conversation. Quick shout-out here. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. Always uh, making it happen here on Lakers Talk. I'm back on tomorrow um, in the morning. Start at 10 a.m. L.A. as always. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks for listening.